Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, just one question today came in via email from Jenny. Can you recommend a Valentine's Day horror movie for those of us who hate the holiday? Well, first of all, happy Valentine's (laughs) Day to anybody listening to this. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) And I also understand the sentiment. I am not particularly a fan of Valentine's Day myself, never have been. Much to the chagrin of my wife early on in our relationship. It's one of those things where it's like you think you have a good argument for it and then you find out that you don't <laughs> and that you're wrong. And you're like, oh, OK, well, I'm going to move on. Uh, I, I mean, I have easy ones, so I'm not going to say them and I'm just going to defer like because they're easy. I don't know. Let's. I, I want to see what you two come up with because you guys talent pool is way deeper than mine on holiday horror. So, uh, Zena, you first. Well, there are so many, but I only picked one, and I picked one of my favorite ones, and that's the remake of My Bloody Valentine from 2009. I just feel like it's just a solid remake. It's one of my favorite ones um, and one of like the best remakes, in my opinion. There's love triangles, there's insane revenge, and plenty of gore, so I feel like it's a perfect watch. It's, it's, uh, it feel, it's very exploitation-y. I remember seeing this in the theater and I hadn't mm-hmm. seen the the original. Like I saw this for the first time. We saw mm. it in 3D. And I remember thinking, like, this is so cheesy. And I, I have I have since rewatched it and I enjoy it much more on rewatch. And one thing that stood out for me is how much it feels like a 3D movie shot in like the 70s or 80s where they're leaning into the 3D so hard during some points where it's like, 
Which is what you want yeah. in a 3D movie. Yeah, I'm not mad, but mm-hmm. it was, it was, I needed like context for it too to be like, okay, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like I was saying last week with Studio 666, it's appreciating it for the feel of it instead of this is supposed to be new and updated and original and everything else. Like, no, it's not. It's supposed to be cheesy and slashery and schlocky. And it is in a fun way. Uh, how about you, Megan? <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually have a quick list up on bloody disgusting like every week mm-hmm. i do streaming recs just you know so obviously being a valentine's day so i did a, i'm not going to go through the whole thing obviously but for like anti-valentine's <laughs> specifically uh pont ponty pool oh, oh nice that's on valentine's day yeah exactly oh. it's it's set on valentine's day but they have more pressing matters to attend to <laughs> so it's not really uh, a thing that factors in other than it's super snowy they're isolated and it's valentine's day huh. um so yeah there's that um another one that i thought Zena's talked about it, the movie before um it's kind of timely for valentine's day but also because cuckoo is coming out but luz L-U-Z, yeah. uh, the director of the movie that everybody's excited for, Cuckoo, uh, Tillman Singer, this was his first movie. And it is a very interesting kind of body-hopping demonic possession. It's it's such a unique take on demonic possession. But the motive is love. So that's why I went <laughs> with that one. Um, and then, you know, obviously a divisive choice, but I'm throwing it out there anyway because I love it. John and his wife hated it, but a crowded theater <laughs> I introduced it to loved it. Um... It's it's uh the movie that completely dropped oh the loved ones. Yeah. The loved ones. It's it's brutal and it's very anti love or maybe you'll regret pursuing love watching it. I don't know. So yeah. It's not that we hated it. It was just way more than we expected. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is a lot. <laughs> it's, it's it's brutal, yeah. It's very brutal. It was more surprise than anything like Okay. But that, I'm throwing that out there, though, because, you know, I recommended it, but uh, <laughs> it could have divisive reactions. So approach yeah. carefully, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just know what you're going in for. Just know that you're going to see some stuff. And <laughs> some of that stuff is going to go on for at least a few seconds longer than you think it's going to. But you know what's funny with the character Lola? I know she was a little off, but I liked her. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely like an entertaining uh, villain for sure. Yeah. She she had um personality. She she had that, I suppose. Uh big feels. Big feels. To teenage <laughs> angst and then some hormones, say, man. Yeah. Uh and then I mean my answer was my bloody Valentine. I just I'll just go with the original. The original and the they're 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 similar. Not a ton, like not as much as you would think for a remake, but they're similar enough about like the the premise and the bad guy sort of thing. Everything else is a little bit shifted around, but still fun watches. Still, why not? I'd watch. I mean, I think I saw. I think I saw both of them pop up on Tubi. I don't Probably. know. Probably. I would hope that some streaming yeah. platform has them has them available in February, but I saw them pop I'm up sure. not too long ago, and I still turned it on it's still a fun watch regardless of the time of year especially if you don't want to think about the fact that it's valentine's day yeah speaking of things we all like to forget about welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting you know her as the movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hi 
and you know her from her YouTube channel, website Real Queen of Horror, Infant Love for the Genre, and the head of Bloody Disgusting's TikTok, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. I'll kick things off this week. I am working on another book. No, I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it. Thanks, Audible. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is actually one that I had read before, and I cannot remember when and how I read it because I don't own this book. And I haven't rented anything from the library in the longest time, so I have no idea when I read this. But I'm in the middle of 1971's Hell House by Richard Matheson, um, probably also best known outside of the book Hell House for I Am Legend, or the original I Am Legend that the Will Smith movie is based off of that is not quite the same thing. Uh, Has any of them? I mean, well, I guess some of because there's a many movie adaptations of Richard Matheson's book, like yeah. Omega Man before that. And I think oh, that's a right. I forgot Omega Man was Vincent Price version of it as well. So there's at least three adaptations out there for this book. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, and, and I'm listening, like I said, to Hell House, basically the, the conceit's fairly simple. It's a concept of trying to prove the existence of supernatural forces in the supposedly most haunted house in America the Belasco house in Maine. Um, very atmospheric, a very of its time. We'll say there's definitely some parts of it that, um, that don't hold up great this day and age for some of the references and, and conjecture. And the audiobook does an interesting choice with the native American impersonation Uh-oh. at one point <clears throat> during a seance that was like, Hmm, Okay. All right. I, I see what you're doing here. Um, but beyond that, it's super creepy house filled with, or that was once the site of essentially we'll call it the hundred days of Sodom. And yeah. And now there's ghosts and people are trying and to prove it. Ghosts. And now there's ghosts. Uh, it, it's, it's a fun listen. You know, it's like listening. It's like a lot of formative haunted house type books that you read back then i mean obviously they're all very different in haunting of hill house or hell house or the shining or any number of a hundred other haunted house books but still stands richard matheson is still a really good writer and it's still very it definitely has a feel like he does a really good job setting you in this place and kind of feel disconcerted the whole Mm. time like this does feel weird so, which is not easy. Did you see the movie, like Legend of Hell House with, um, I think it's Roddy, Roddy McDowell. McDowell. Yeah, I saw yeah. that a while ago. Yeah. So, is it a pretty faithful adaptation of the book? I, because I remember one, the part that I remember most, I was like, what in the French toast is this? <laughs> Where the, one of the um, parapsychologist basically volunteers herself to uh relieve the ghost and i was like is this part of the book (laughs) uh i'm trying to remember that part of the book because i'm only about i'm not that i'm only like uh 
a third of the way through the audiobook, so I'm kind of doing a whole refresher. There okay. is a lot of se- there is the whole concept of some pent up fresh like sexual frustration, repression. Go- yeah, and repression going on. That sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't want to say, oh yeah, totally, because I, I just don't remember. That totally, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm well, not there report yet. back. I'm very curious to see if this uh, winds up being as horny as the movie kind of is, strangely. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, you know, it's it was written by a guy in the 70s, and if anyone has ever read the Twitter subreddit, Men Writing Women, you'll know that there's some, <laughs> there's some choices. Interesting stuff. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and then first watch for me, just seen it a num- any number of times on Tubi, just kept going by it. 1987's Prince of Darkness. A group of graduate students and scientists uncover an ancient canister in an abandoned church. But when they open the container, they inadvertently unleash a strange liquid and an evil force on all humanity. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this okay. confused the hell out of me. Like, as I was watching to start, because Prince of Darkness, I kept thinking it was going to be a vampire movie. It is not. It is not a vampire movie. I also didn't realize that this was a part of John Carpenter's, what's it called? Like, End of Times trilogy? It's Apocalypse trilogy, basically. Apocalypse trilogy, yeah. And I didn't know that that was a thing, because, like I said, I'd never even seen Prince of Darkness. So I didn't realize that there was that concept of this this apocalypse trilogy with the thing prince of darkness and uh mouth of madness mm-hmm. and this is it's a sort of campiness you expect from carpenter i think at this time uh donald pleasance is being donald pleasance uh alice cooper who i thought was gonna have a much bigger role who is just credited as street schizo <laughs> if it's it fits um but it's really goopy gross practical effects lots of spitting of things uh lots of weirdness i'm just i've been kind of having a lot of fun rediscovering john carpenter lately that he's it's I, i i was thinking about this in terms of like um um, like Toby Hooper or uh, um, uh, Wes Craven, where they have these iconic movies that we know them for, right? That, mm-hmm. and we have them up on like Mount Rushmore for our horror creators, directors, writers, whatever. But there's also so many other movies that are like, oh, all right, that wasn't that wasn't your best, or I didn't even know you made that, or I had no concept of that. So it's kind of fun discovering for the first time some of these movies that were under the radar at least under my radar that might be out there someone else's favorite or important to the director in some way yeah, shape, it's, or one form. Of, it's one of my favorites of carpenter's hands down same it for me it recently became that because i remember when i first watched it i was really confused so it's definitely <laughs> yeah. the type of movie that you'll have to rewatch because i watched it as a kid then i watched it as a teenager then like a couple of years ago i rewatched it and it's just like whoa this is this is actually really beautiful yeah not not beautiful but you get it (laughs) oh i get it yeah it's once you once i um got past like it took me like halfway through to kind of be like wait what is happening and like with some radio transmissions from the future and 
some extra dimensional type things. And then, yeah, the, the concept that it's not about vampires at all. Uh, yeah, it's worth checking out for sure. It's on Tubi. I believe it's still on Tubi. If you haven't watched it and you want to kind of rediscover some John Carpenter stuff like I did, big recommend. Check it out. Also, just as because it's amusing to me, like, I I don't know if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or ever watch yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but, you know, you've got the, the Hitchcock and Scully. Yep. And you go back into these early movies and you're like, that's Hitchcock. Hitchcock is in Prince of Darkness. He's also the neighbor in Poltergeist. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. He is the neighbor in Poltergeist. Yeah. I... And he's also one of the, the scientists in this one. I would never have put two and two together that that was the same guy in Poltergeist, though. Like, he looks different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like 40 years younger. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, but, like, he's not standing in a doorway eating a plate of beans, so I just didn't recognize <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In her in, in early uh, horror movies, and now he's he's major sitcom guy. Good for him. Uh, how about you, Megan? What did you watch? I I guess I've kind of been like revisiting things that um, are kind of timely. For example, you know, Zone of Interest is making all of these waves as an Oscar nominee. Um, Jonathan Glazer directed that. So I went back and revisited his Under the Skin because I've seen both. And I not that Zone of Interest is a horror, but it is horror of a different kind. And I... I'm very uncomfortable with it. And I'm like, well, you watch Under the Skin and it makes total sense why. Um, I watched this on Max. This uh, movie was released in 2013. And this one is Scarlett Johansson. She's like a mysterious young woman who is first seen taking clothes off of another woman who's been knocked unconscious in the back of a van. And then it's just her kind of going around and kind of collecting bodies. Um, She's an alien. Um, Doesn't end well for, for these men. Um, and it's just a really weird, trippy kind of movie that's unsettling because of how cold and sterile it is. Mm -hmm. The way that he films it is just, I mean, and it works for Under the Skin because she is an alien with no frame of reference of humanity who is just observing with this very detached kind of curiosity that's really haunting, especially, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's an entire beach scene that is probably one of the most uncomfortable scenes I have seen in any horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of it kind of makes sense, you know, when you revisit this, why Zone of Interest is, I mean, it's the same type of thing where it's not a horror movie, movie but he's filming some very historical horrors from that same sense of, like, detached, aloof, cold, clinical frame of reference or perspective and it's just it's so weird so yeah under the skin great because (laughs) she's an alien zone of interest i understand why people love it and it's an oscar nominee but i'm just like i just want aliens guys (laughs) (laughs) just just give me aliens over nazis um yeah so i watched that and then um i we touched on it last week but we are super amped for long legs um which meant that i revisited i think it was his last movie right that he directed which was mm-hmm. um gretel and hansel um that one released in 2020 i rented it i think actually I just yeah i rented it on voodoo it i don't think it's streaming anywhere so yeah vod or physical 
But that one was uh, Osgood Perkins' twist on Hansel and Gretel. Obviously, only Gretel and Hansel. So that one has uh, Sophia Lilith Lilith from It. She is Gretel, and she's trying to take care of her younger brother. And then they stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil, aka the witch hut. With Alice Krieg. And it's just such a... this Like Under the Skin, I guess I went with vibe movies this week. I mean, it's not so much a story. It's not conventional narrative. It's more of like this mood and this really weird kind of fantastical world. And he just makes such gorgeous movies. So yeah, I loved it. I think I liked it more upon the rewatch, honestly. Nice. How about you, Zena? So I checked out Door on Screenbox from 1988. So this one is about a housewife who pretty much gets harassed by this salesman. And uh, I love how simple the story is. I love the ending. That's when it becomes like very explosive. Like where it's just kind of like banana pants. Yeah. Pure (laughs) banana pants. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. I I don't want to spoil it, so I don't want to go into too much. But yeah, as the viewer, you know, you're you're seeing what's happening to this woman, someone pretty much invading her personal space. And it it may be triggering for some, um, but, you know, I I enjoyed it. And then also the cinematography is really cool. Again, I feel like this movie just kept it kind of simple. Like they added a couple of like slow motion uh, shots in there. And I feel like it just kind of works. At least it did for me. And yeah, the salesman, the guy who played the salesman, he did a great job. He made me uncomfortable. He's creepy, but the way he shifted into anger is great. And then the leading actress who played the housewife, she really did go through some stuff. So it was really cool. So if you are looking for like an intense home invasion um, movie, yeah, I think that you should check this one out. The next thing I checked out um, ruined me from 2017 on Shudder. I needed a fun slasher to watch. So um this woman, she attends this slasher sleep out. It's like this extreme event um, that's a part, like part camping trip, part haunted house. And, oh, um, interesting. Part, yeah, escape room. But then it turns deadly and uh, they start to wonder, the campers, if something, if this stuff is real. So pretty much she goes with her boyfriend. He is a huge horror fan. His friend couldn't go. So she decides to be a good girlfriend and go with him. There are, There's another couple that's really into this stuff. And then two men who are huge horror fans. Um, the one thing about this woman, she does have a trouble pass. So just, <laughs> you know, putting it out there. And you know what? Things are not what they seem. Um, in a way where it's just like, again, they start to wonder if this experience um, with some of the stuff that is happening, if it is real or not. But then yeah. there's something else that goes on, but I don't want to spoil it. But I will say this. It does start off fun. Then it gets pretty dark. But I really enjoyed this one. And sometimes you just need a fun, straightforward slasher who done it. Wonder what's going to happen next kind of movie. And I feel like this one is it. Would you buy tickets to an event like that? No, because I watch <laughs> because I watch a lot of horror movies. But at one point I did want to go to um, I know they have that um, this thing up in New Jersey for Friday the 13th where you can actually stay oh, there. I've seen that. Yeah, I was thinking about going at one point, but then I don't know. The horror fan in me is just like, you know what? No, I would die. No. Yeah, I would die. <laughs> but they do have it where you don't have to spend the night. You could just be there for the day. So maybe I saw this, I think it was over the weekend, but um, have you ever heard of the Myers house 
it's like the Michael Myers house. And I guess no. they like, it's in, I think it's in North <clears throat> Carolina. Don't quote me on that. But they actually are now hosting events that are kind of reminding me of the Alamo Draft House Rolling Road Show, where they're going to different parts of the country, well, even in Canada, and having screenings of the movies at the filming location. So like so Santa cool. Monica, I think it might be, it's somewhere in the fall, but mm. you can see the Lost Boys on the Santa Monica Pier. Ooh. Or I saw one where you could see like Urban Legend in Toronto in like the library room where like Robert England was having the class on the Pop Rocks and they'll give you Pop Rocks and Pepsi oh, while you I want to do like, that. They have, they have a whole series of this. Well, I'll have to find it and link yeah, it. But, I think yeah. I remember years and years ago, I think they did something like that with Clerks. Like they played it like on the roof of the original Quick Stop or something mm, yeah. like that. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I know that there's a bunch of horror ones. I think there's even some Children of the Corn stuff, you know, that uh, made me think of you. <laughs> we have to go! <laughs> Except it's like, what else are you going to do? You're going to go all the way to, like, she is hugging her dress, <laughs> I think. <laughs> She's so excited for Children of the Corn. <laughs> I need to go. Yeah. We're just here in Kansas or wherever it's from, just, just for Children of the Corn, part three. <laughs> I just like the idea that Zena would buy tickets to this event. And then yeah. at some point at night, they're like, all right, good night, everyone. Where's Zena? She's, laying... <laughs> She's laying down in the, in the ditch out there. She just keeps saying, just someone just get it over with. What, what's Wait, that you know, I'm not going to lie. Ever since I was a kid and I, cause you know, I used to really be into children of the corn franchise. We are, we already know this. We had a discussion. I have a relationship, a yes. love hate relationship with this franchise. <laughs> always been obsessed with corn and like cornfields and i remember when i first moved to florida i saw like my first cornfield and i was losing my mind oh my apparently you can't just go on people's property i would love to take a picture (laughs) or just take some corn i don't know oh my gosh this is no we're going to it's this is the grown woman adult equivalent of that super adorable corn kid meme We gotta get like yeah. the spoof of that. It's just corn. Yeah. I love horror corn. He's it's not great. wrong. He's not wrong. But you gotta you're gonna come have up to do the autumn. adult horror version. We'll all go to an <laughs> apple orchard. We'll do the corn maze. Yeah. There's a corn pit that's just filled with dried corn that the kids play in. It's good old. Oh time. my god! Can you take some home? I mean, you would you end up taking some home in your pockets, whether you want to or not. <laughs> you find stuff in your clothes <laughs> for a while. <laughs> The queen of the cornfield, Xena. <laughs> All right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? Well, I am listening to Hell House by Richard Matheson on Audible, and I watched 1987's Prince of Darkness on Tubi. I watched uh, Under the Skin on Max and Gretel and Hansel on Voodoo. I checked out Door on Screenbox and Ruin Me on Shudder. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's been going on, Megan? 
Uh, a whole bunch because it was Super Bowl weekend. So there's a whole ton of trailers that I will go into uh, precisely none of. So go to Bloody Disgusting if you are curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that bait and switch, guys. Um, instead, I'm going to talk about things like The Conjuring, which it was already, I guess, announced that they were doing another installment. But it just that was it. I think for months it was, yeah, there's going to be a fourth eventually. Well, Forward momentum is happening. Uh, they selected Michael Chavez, uh, Chavez on for uh, Conjuring Four, so he did the Nun Two last summer, and then he did Conjuring Three. So they've selected him; they're bringing him back for Part Four. Um, <clears throat> and it is said to be the final installment in the main series. So Conjuring Four will be the last of them. I mean, that doesn't. I'm sure they're going to just go crazy with the offshoots from here, but. Yeah, so it's supposed to be the last one. Plot details are being kept six feet under, typically. Yeah. Um, but it is going to have Ed and Lorraine Warren. They'll they'll face creaky doors, shadows, demons, crosses, all of that, I'm sure. As for what, who knows? There's a whole bunch of cases to pull from. Um, but stars Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are expected to return. And it is eyeing a summer shoot in Atlanta, which, which suggests that they're far along here uh, i i kind of suspect it doesn't say there's no official word on this yet but i suspect that it's because patrick wilson and vera farmiga are part they're intrinsically tied to the main series why this is the, the last one because i can't yeah. imagine they're going to keep signing up for conjuring part eight um so yeah uh james wan and peter Sa- saffron are back to produce and da- david leslie golden or sorry David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick uh, wrote the screenplay for the fourth movie, also wrote The Conjuring 2, and a a few other horror movies. I feel like he might have also been a co-writer on Orphan, the sequel. So, yeah, major Conjuring news right there. And then uh, that's not the only franchise to have some major news. Um, The Evil Dead franchise is definitely coming back with a new movie, Mm -hmm. and it is... uh, not going to be Evil Dead Rise, the sequel. I think Aww. it's going to be like a, a brand new untitled spinoff movie. But what's interesting is uh, they've enlisted French filmmaker Sebastian Vanacek to mm. direct. Nobody knows who he is yet, except for the lucky few at festivals. I, I haven't seen it yet. Who have seen his movie Infested, um, mm. which will be coming to, I believe, Shudder in April. And that one is a spider invasion movie in an apartment mm. building that is uh, kind of described as like arachnophobia meets attack the block, which sounds amazing. Ooh. Everybody's gushing about this movie. So I've been excited. So it's very intriguing that that's who they are enlisting to direct. So obviously we don't know anything yet about uh, what this movie is going to be about or entail, but uh, there was a recent interview with the filmmaker at a awards event um, reported by Convini that he gave some quotes that are very intriguing. Um, he said, I told the studio that I wanted to make a nasty film, a film that hurts, uh, from which you come away tested. I'm going to put all of the horror I have inside. It'll be cathartic. And if I haven't ruined my career and I can continue make films behind it, I will move on to something other than horror. Uh, so what else can you maybe expect? He notes in the same interview, if all goes well, we could start filming at the end of 2024, beginning of 2025 for a, I hope, Halloween 2025 release. He also mentions that Sam Raimi and company are giving him 100% creative freedom to play inside the Evil Dead sandbox and that he aims for the film to have a French twist. And if by French twist, he means extreme, that probably fits Evil Dead well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sold. Yeah, I think, pretty I think much. He's going to do a great job. Give me the spider movie. I want the spider movie. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, I'm very excited for that. And then this is actually news that popped up a couple weeks ago, but I felt like it was relevant and worth mentioning, which is, um, so David F. Sandberg, he did the Shazam movies. He did Lights Out. He did a bunch of horror shorts before that. And then he kind of got sucked away into DC land. And now that he's free, he's coming back to horror and he's coming back to horror with an Until Dawn feature adaptation. Um, the Until Dawn... I did wait, I know we've talked about it, but it's been a long time, and I can't remember, Zena, if you played or that was one you wanted to play. I played. You did play it? Did you mm-hmm. like it? I loved yeah. it. Yeah. So that's one that I, I think a lot of horror fans, they, they kind of dabble in games, and they play that one, and it's amazing. And it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Mm-hmm. That game, I think it was 20... 13 2014 that that came out um and it was a choose your own your adventure larry fessenden had a, an appearance in it but he also wrote co-wrote it and it had to, the script for that had to be massive because it's like a 10-hour game and it's a bunch of people in a cabin we can get away but there's a few different threats um and what your actions do may or may not kill them as the game unfolds. So it's very interesting to see how this is going to get a feature adaptation to condense it down. Um, it also had a really good cast, that game, like Hayden Panettiere, Rami Malek, a whole bunch of people. So yeah, he is not only coming back to horror, but with a very ambitious adaptation of a beloved video game. And I'm very curious and kind of excited to see what he does. Me too. I'm just happy that he's coming back to horror. <laughs> like, Agreed. Just stay Agreed. over here. I know. All right, listeners, your turn. Will any Conjuring movie end with a card that says, just kidding, they made all this up? Is the Evil Dead series prepared for the levels of messed up the French horror scene brings to the plate? You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bediscussingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? So first up on Tuesday, the 13th, so this will be out by this episode, um, before this episode's out, obviously, The Bloody Galantine. This will be available on on Tubi. Um, When three women plot revenge on their exes after their dump before Valentine's Day, they attempt their attempts to get um, even turns deadly. Then cell phone, when who's grieving the death of her fiance, starts seeing disturbing images on her cell phone about her future. Then we have Ghost Rider. This will be available on VOD. A struggling author plagiarizes, plagiarizes his deceased father's undiscovered last novel, novel unleashing the demons of his dad's past. Then Double Blind. This will also be on VOD. After, after an experiment drug trial goes wrong, the test subjects face a terrifying side effect. If you fall asleep, you die. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not funny, but that's insane. That's pretty intense. Yeah. Then... <laughs> then Alice in Terrorland. This will be available on DVD. A recently bereaved teenage girl goes to live with her grandmother in a secluded woodland house, unaware that sinister forces lurk within. And then on Wednesday, the 14th, Stranger in the Woods. A woman goes on a weekend getaway trip in the woods with her friends in hopes to recover from a traumatic event. But when her dog vanishes, their sanity unravels, leading to a chilling fight for survival. Then on Friday the 16th, No Way Up. This will be available on VOD, trapped underwater when their plane crashes into the ocean. Survivors must find a way to escape as sharks start to circle the wreckage. Then Monolith. This will also be on VOD. A headstrong journalist whose investigative 
podcast uncovers a strange artifact, artifact and alien conspiracy and the lies at the heart of her own story. And then finally, Screenbox is available. There are so many movies on there for you mm-hmm. to check out. So mm-hmm. many. Go check them out. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Xena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love, just make sure it's something bloody. Happy Halloween! Oh, Valentine's Uh. Day? I don't care.